Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative, conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls, blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, Susan, what are we talking about tonight? We start the show with a prayer, then a excerpt from Frederick Bastiat's book, The Law. Yesterday was Armed Forces Day. We will review. Then we will continue with extracts from the Journals of John Paul Jones Campaigns, Part 3. Excerpts, you mean? That's what they. That's the title that they have on the, the essay. It says extracts. Extracts? Yeah. Sounds like extracts. Anyway, um, <sighs> the ups and downs for the week, the war on Christianity, and the Looney Tooney Global Warming Report, if we get to it. And Brian is having a very bad nasally day. We're mushrooms. It's always something. You're high 34 today, boy. We're cranking. Love that global warming. Rain and cold and snow. It snowed two days ago. It was Where, snowing. Where's the Green Goblin? Two days ago, it was snowing. High of 34. That's not that unusual, but it's only happened... We had, when we got the bees, this happened the first uh, May. It was cold and wet, too. Yep. That's the only year out of the 12 years we've been up here. So bite me, Al Gore. <clears throat> anyway, a prayer for justice from PrayWithMe.com. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord God, Redeemer of all men, I come before you today to ask for justice in court. As the scriptures say, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. It is my request that your judgment be manifest in court. Though men are fallible, through you justice can be had. Amen. 
And that is for our president and Bill Barr and all of these people trying to get justice for our country. Yeah, I think every judge should have to say this before they uh, open court. That would be awesome. I think so. All right. From the law, Frederick Bastiat. Experience teaches effectually, but brutally. It makes us acquainted with all the effects of an action by causing us to feel them. And we cannot fail to finish by knowing that fire burns if we have burned ourselves. For this rough teacher, I should like, if possible, to substitute a more gentle one. I mean foresight. For this purpose, I shall examine the consequences of certain economical phenomena by placing in opposition to each other those which are seen and those which are not seen. This is sort of like uh, my father's notion of teaching me about electric outlets. Stick your finger in it. Go ahead. Yep. Then it was the, oh, yeah. Uh, the stove. The stove. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it, he's right. It burned. And, uh, well, I never did it again. So I guess it works. But then again, then for pretty much the rest of my life, I had to learn everything the hard way. Well, but what he's trying to say is that instead of plowing through, especially an economical situation, sit back and think about what the consequences are of it. Nope, that's not it at all. Okay, then what is it? I just explained it. It's just as simple as there's two ways to learn something. The easy way and the hard way. The hard way is stick your finger in the electric socket. That's the hard way. The easy way is, if you someone says, if you stick your hand in that finger in that socket, it's going to shock you and going to hurt. So don't do that. And then you have the foresight to not do it. That's basically what he's saying. Yeah, but what does that have to do with economics? It's a metaphor, isn't it? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's right. I forgot he was a philosopher, too. All of them were. All of the economists back in the day and of the day that are worth a crap are philosophers. The ones that learn, uh, you know, Kinsey and economics, they're not philosophers, they're morons. <clears throat> but, yeah, those that learn the Austrian school, Chicago school, those would be your philosophers because economics is a philosophy. Unlike Lord Keynes thought it to be, it's not as simple as one uh, one entity can control an entire economy. No, it can't. When it does, it does so poorly. I give you the Federal Reserve. Who do you think caused the Great Depression? The Federal Reserve. Who do you think caused this Great Recession under Obama? Federal Reserve. Yeah, I'm glad uh, our President Donald Obama Trump... Obama just made it worse. I'm glad our President Donald Trump is uh, standing up to the Federal Reserve. They're kind of scared of him. The only reason him. they're listening is because he says, if you, if you do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to audit your backside. Which he can. 
Yes, they're under the, just like Treasury, they're under the executive branch. Could someone tell the freaking Democrats this crap? They don't, they won't believe you anyway. They live in their own world. You can't tell them anything. It is what they say it is. And that's what it is. It's like they're trying to say Bill Barr, and they're going to hold him in contempt and all this nonsense. They said he lied to Congress. He never lied to Congress. I looked it up. His answer was, I, to answer to the question she'd say, he lied his, I don't know. I don't know is not a lie. She's saying she does, oh, he does know because uh, Mueller wrote him a letter. But that's not what the question was about. The question was about the other people working under Mueller, what they're, and he doesn't know what they think. And he didn't, and he said it, that's that, and she's an idiot. And we all know that. They're all idiots. They make things up and they think they're going to do so. I think they said they're going to arrest Bill Barr. Go ahead. Go arrest the Attorney General of the United States. Go ahead. All right, we're going to bring him into court. Go ahead. Bring him into court. He's going to love that. He's an attorney. He's quite at home in court. So bring him into court. The highest law enforcement officer in the land you're going to bring him to court because you're asking him to break the law to do what you want that's going to be real interesting you better shop those judges real careful man they're stupid and you know even the people are tired of it it's now the overwhelming majority are like they, they want this this nonsense to stop this never-ending investigation into the trump administration they want it to stop i want it to stop you want it to stop but the overwhelming majority want it to stop so there you go well, i don't know how overwhelming it is but the majority of americans are saying enough but keep going we got an election coming up <laughs> That's good for us. So, yeah. Keep playing around. Keep messing around. Keep trying to, to get in the way of Trump doing what the people want him to do. And uh, they're gonna have they're gonna have no choice but not to vote for a Democrat. If you're if you vote Democrat out there, you better be hearing me. You better not vote Democrat this time around. No more Democrats. Yeah, I don't like the Republicans either, but they're better than them. We need to primary good Republicans, that's all. Okay, Armed Forces Day. From time and date. On August 31st, 1949, Lewis Johnson, who was the United States Secretary of Defense, yeah, I, I gotta get the, I gotta get with uh, someone in the Trump administration about this. You know, they changed the name from Secretary of War to Secretary of Defense. I want to change it back to Secretary of War, please. Because that's that's what the original title was, and that's the appropriate title. I, I don't want us to keep playing defense. Announced the creation of an Armed Forces Day to replace separate Army, Navy, and Air Force Days. We talk about this every year. 
The event stemmed from the Armed Forces Unification under one department, the Department of Defense. The Army, Navy, and Air Force Leagues adopted the newly formed day. The Marine Corps League declined to drop support for Marine Corps Day, but supports Armed Forces Day, too. The first Armed Forces Day was celebrated on Saturday, May 20, 1950. The theme for that day was Teamed for Defense. Again, defense, defense, defense. War, war, war. You know, you keep making war sound nice and seem nice and people aren't going to be all up in arms every time you go to war. War sucks. War's terrible. War's horrible. And it's supposed to be. And we need to make it so. So people know you don't want to go to war. We're so nice to the... Oh, we get, oh no, we can't have any... Uh, any uh, casualties that are military accidentally can't no that can't happen that happens all the time during war yeah it's part of war war is horrible again don't make us go to war with you if you don't want to die and that includes the citizens collateral damage is a fact of life if you don't want to get be collateral damage i suggest you have a government that doesn't go to war with the United States of America. What do you think of that? That's how it's that's how it should be done. <clears throat> Teamed for defense, which expressed the unification of all military forces under one government department. According to the US Department of Defense, the day was designed to expand public understanding of what type of job was performed and the role of the military in civilian life. They don't have any role in civilian life. Armed Forces Day was a day for the military to show state-of-the-art equipment to Americans. It was also a day to honor and acknowledge Americans in the armed forces. Parades, open houses, receptions, and air shows were held at the inaugural Armed Forces Day. Armed Forces Day is still celebrated nationwide today and is part of Armed Forces Week. Now, everyone was up in arms because Trump wanted a military parade to celebrate the military. It's too expensive. What do you think what do you think they do during Armed Forces Week? Play tiddlywinks with manhole covers? They spend lots of money. For one thing, there's air shows in all the Air Force bases. Those planes cost a lot. But, you know, they run every day anyway. People don't get that. Those The Blue Angels and uh, the Thunderbirds, uh, they, they practice every single day. Every single day. So instead of practicing, they're doing an air show. It doesn't cost anymore except for getting to where they're going to do the air show. Other than that, same old, same old. People don't understand that. Those are uh, those are very high precision pilots. They are the best of the best, and what they do is very dangerous. And in fact, when I was in the Air Force back in the early eighties, our air show had to be done by the Navy Blue Angels because the Thunderbirds were wiped out because the lead plane. 
during one of the maneuvers, flew right into the ground and every plane followed him because they only fly just off the wingtips of each other. Very precision. And so when the lead plane flew into the ground, so did everybody else. We lost all of them. And all those F-16 fighters, too. Dangerous job. All right, back to extracts from the journal of John Paul Jones' campaigns, part three. Uh, Susan says there's six parts, if you want to know. From American Revolution. Justly indignant at the treatment meted out to these Americans, I resolved to make a great effort to procure their relief and to bring to an end the barbarous ravages perpetuated by the English in America, burned homes, destroying property, and even entire towns. I received no orders to secure reparations for these misfortunes, and I had not communicated my plan to this end to the American ministers residing in Paris. I proposed to descend on some part of England and there destroy merchant shipping. My plan was also to take some, someone of particular distinction as a prisoner and to hold him as hostage to guarantee the lives and exchange of Americans then imprisoned in England. Monsieur de Villiers, to whom I communicated this project, offered to procure a captain's commission in the Royal Navy for me, so that in case I ran into superior forces, I could claim the protection of France, not yet at war with England. But despite the advantages that this offer held for me, I felt it was necessary to refuse because I had not been authorized by Congress to change my flag. And because, had I accepted such a commission from France, my devotion to the cause of America might have been doubted. I sailed from Brest and advanced toward the Irish Sea. Passing within striking distance of a number of vessels I could have captured, but I did not want to risk dispersing my crew. By the 17th of April, everything was prepared for a raid on England, but strong, contrary winds forced me to sail on to the coast of Ireland. Near the entrance into Carrack, Fergus, I seized a fishing boat carrying six men who turned out to be pilots. The Drake, an English frigate of 20 guns, was then in the roads of Carrickfegris and within view. I thought it would be possible to seize her at night by surprise. To this end, I made the necessary preparations and forced the pilots to guide the ranger to the enemy. But the mate, who had drunk too much brandy, did not drop the anchor at the instant the order was given to him and that prevented the ranger from running alongside the drake, as I had planned. I believe that since my entrance into the roads had not given an alarm, the most prudent action was to cut my cable and return immediately to the channel. Battered by a storm, I remained there three days, and the weather becoming more favorable, I attempted a second time to descend on England. This plan greatly alarmed the lieutenants on the ranger, 
Their object, they said, was gain, not honor. They were poor. Instead of encouraging the morale of the crew, they excited them to disobedience. They persuaded them that they had the right to judge whether a measure that was proposed to them was good or bad. I was in sight of Whitehaven, a rather shallow port, which contained approximately 400 foreign domestic merchantmen, averaging 250 tons burden each. My plan was to take advantage of the ebb tide. The ships would then be aground and keeled over. To carry out this project, it was necessary for me to land about midnight with a party of determined volunteers and to seize first my fort, uh, first the fort, and then a battery of every cannon that defended the port. My two lieutenants, not demonstrating the high spirit this enterprise required, and not wanting to reveal their true motive, declared they were ill with fatigue. I resolved to provide the example and to command the attack in person. Only with much effort and loss of time did I engage 30 volunteers to accompany me. With this handful of men and two small boats, I left the ranger at 11 o'clock at night and rode toward Whitehaven. But the distance to shore proved to be greater than I had judged, and with the tide against us, dawn broke before we had effected a landing. I sent the smaller boat to the north side of the port to set fire to the merchantmen, while I advanced with the other to the south side to take possession of the fort and battery. <clears throat> Excuse me. The fort was taken by assault. We did not use scaling ladders, but climbed on the shoulders of the biggest and most robust men, and by this means, we entered the fort through its embrasures. As I was the commander of this operation, I was also the first to enter the fort. The morning was cold, and the sentinels had retired into their guardhouses, not expecting an enemy visit. As I secured their entrance, there was no bloodshed. The fort's 36-gun battery was spiked, and I advanced toward the southern part of the port to burn the ships there, when to my great astonishment, I saw that the boat sent to the north had returned and had not accomplished anything. Those who manned it pretended to have been intimidated by certain noises they had heard, but I told them that the noise existed only in their imagination. Believing, however, that it was too late to send them back toward the northern sector, I assembled my small force and tried to set fires in the south, hoping they would soon spread everywhere. In fact, the fires did spread and rose to a great height, but because it was nearly eight o'clock in the morning and because thousands of inhabitants had begun to gather, I could no longer postpone my retreat. I made it in very good order. When all of my force was embarked, I remained for several minutes on the far breakwater to contemplate at length the terror, panic, and stupidity of the inhabitants, who numbered no less than 10,000, and stood as still as statues or scurried senselessly here and there to gain some high ground beyond the city. The oarsmen had already rowed some distance from shore before the English risked approaching their fort. And when they found their cannon spiked, they brought some pieces from vessels and 
fired toward our dinghies. I responded to their salute by firing mortars that I had placed in the stern of my boat. Once back on board the Ranger and the wind being favorable, I made sail for the coast of Scotland. My intention was to seize Count Selkirk and detain him as a hostage in conformity with the plan of which I had already spoken. For this purpose, I landed on the Lord's estate about noon of the same day, and only two officers and a small guard in one boat. Upon landing, I met some inhabitants who, taking me for an Englishman, told me that Lord Selkirk was in London, but that his wife and several ladies of her acquaintance were in the castle. This made me resolve to go at once to the boat in order to return to the ranger. This moderate conduct did not suit my men, who were disposed to pillage, burn, and plunder all they could. Even though that would have been to wage war in a matter of the English, I did not believe in imitating them, particularly on this occasion when I considered the respects due to a lady. It was necessary, however, to find a way to satisfy the cupidity of my crew and at the same time spare Lady Selkirk. I had only an instant to think of a way. What seemed to me the most proper for all concern was to order the two officers to repair to the castle with the guard, which was to remain outside under arms while the officers entered alone. They could then politely demand the family plate, stopping for only a few minutes and accepting what was given them without further inquiry. Now, you see the difference? Returning without further search. That, that's the di- that was a big difference between the Patriots and the British. I know, but I, so I wanted to, to do it because that was a good point to make. There was a lot of... Pl- we did do there's, a lot of plundering. There's more, <laughs> and the paragraph isn't over. <laughs> Where was I? I was punctually obeyed, and the plate was delivered. Lady Selkirk herself commented several times to the officers that she was very touched by the moderation I had shown. She even wanted to come to the shore more than a mile distant from her castle to invite me to dine with her, but the officers requested her not to quit her home. See, then you could... The next day, April 24, 1778, I was back in the roads of Carrickfergus, where, as I have already said, the Drake, an English frigate of 20 guns, was at anchor. Still? My intention was to enter the roads and attack this frigate in broad daylight. But in the eyes of the lieutenants, the project was by no means right because it involved honor more than self-interest which is their only motive. The crew of the ranger took this occasion to mutiny so that I ran the risks of being killed or thrown overboard. Two days earlier, I had nearly been abandoned on the shore of Whitehaven. In the meantime, the captain of the Drake, having been informed of our landing at Whitehaven, prepared to sail. His boat was sent out with an officer and a telescope to reconnoiter the ranger. I took advantage of this occasion to disguise my ship. I masked my guns 
and had my crew remain out of sight. The ranger having the air of a merchantman, the boat from the Drake was deceived, drew alongside and was captured. This trifling success had such an exhilarating effect on my crew that they no longer objected to giving battle. What a bunch of morons. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's a, that's a lot of things that George Washington said, too, about the militiamen when they first got into Boston. He was like, they're not organized. They're just like a bunch of ragtag people yeah, with guns. Are, these are militiamen. I know, but still, we, we weren't, like, we weren't hardened fighting people no, like these, we are. No, that's not the point. These, these are behaving like pirates. They want loot. They want plunder. They don't care about honor. They want plunder. They want money. That's not good. All right. Well, with that, that's a good time to do this. Right, we're going to go to break. Send Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Welcome to the Red State Cafe. My name's Darla. You ready to order, sweetie? Your omelets are made with organic eggs, right? They come from a chicken's ass. That organic enough for you, sugar? Uh, what's your pork? Is it steroid-free? It is by the time Chef Earl is done with it, honey. Well, how about your chicken fried steak? That's made with free-range chicken, right? Free-range? We can't afford to give it away, darling. Look, I don't see it on the menu, but can you just make me a progressive omelet? <laughs> sugar, you're in the wrong restaurant. Are you an active stock market investor? Well, then you know these three key words, buy, sell, hold. Those three magic words can make or lose you money in the stock market. What if we can show you a time-tested tool that's been helping stock market investors succeed for over 30 years? It's called VectorVest, an amazing system designed to make smart investing easy. The VectorVest system analyzes, sorts, and ranks over 19,000 stocks every day and tells you when to buy, what to buy, and when to sell any stock to maximize your profits in less than 10 minutes a day. And if you call right now, you can test drive our amazing VectorVest system risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. That's 800-958-0341. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get to Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800 910 8231 
Attention business owners. We know that owning a business means getting things done right now. So if your right now list includes a new building, call the right now company. General Steel. We can design a building for your business quickly and save you thousands of dollars. That's right, thousands. You may think General Steel only builds large projects or that you can't afford General Steel quality. Well, check these prices. How about a 40 by 60 foot building for under $22,000 or even a 50 by 100 for under $35,000? That's right, a 5,000 square foot building for under $35,000. And these buildings all have General Steel quality. Best of all, you can still order a building and have it delivered in time to build this year. How's that for right now so if your right now list includes a new building call the right now company general steel 800-917-8251 800-917-8251 that's 800-917-8251 at 28 i had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years i did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober, and all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-378-3715. 800-378-3715. That's 800-378-3715. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 855-219-7934. 855-219-7934. That's 855-219-7934. Okay, and welcome back to the Aguabri Radio Show, our half of one. So they're behaving very badly. No, you're behind the times. They just got happy, remember? <laughs> they just got happy. <laughs> oh. The Drake, having fired several cannon in a vain attempt to recall her boat, hoisted anchor to come out and engage the Ranger. The Drake, filled with volunteers, had two more cannon than the Ranger and nearly double the manpower. It was accompanied by a number of small yachts 
that had gentlemen and ladies on board as if for a pleasant outing. The ranger awaited the approach of the Drake and allowed it to cross half the channel which separated Scotland and Ireland before commencing the battle. When the affair became serious, it was evident that the ranger would not withdraw. The yachts immediately retired to a respectful distance and then decided it would be prudent to retreat. Yeah, you think? (laughs) I did not start engaging the enemy until they were within pistol range. At this distance, a lively action was sustained for an hour and five minutes. After which, the English frigate lowered lowered her her flag. Her captain had just been wounded in the head by a musket ball, from which he died. The lieutenant, also mortally wounded, survived only two days. I regretted that these brave men had to perish, and I buried them at sea with the honors they deserved. The six honest fishermen, whom I mentioned before, had lost their boat sunk in the sea during the bad weather that preceded the descent on Whitehaven. I was fortunate enough to find in my own purse sufficient English gold to replace their loss and recompense their services. The Drake was heavily damaged in her masts and rigging. She lost 42 men, either killed or wounded, during the action. I had taken several other prizes, but because I had left France with only 123 men, I could could man only two of these prizes, which arrived safely at Brest. The others were burned or sunk. With the Ranger, the Drake, and one other prize, I ran westward of Ireland and arrived at Brest on May 7, having been absent only 28 days and having taken more than 200 prisoners. This expedition caused great harm to Great Britain, and she found it necessary not only to fortify her ports, but also to arm the volunteers of Ireland. This was later substantiated by Lord Montmorris in a public speech. When circumstances had obliged me to permit my men to demand Lady Selkirk's family plate, I had resolved to redeem it with my own funds whenever it should be sold and return it to the lady. Consequently, when we arrived in Brest, my first task was to write her a moving letter in which I described the motives for my expedition and the cruel necessity I was under to inflict punishment in retaliation for English conduct in America. This letter was sent by packet to the Postmaster General in London so that it could be shown to the English king and his ministers, and so the court at London would be forced to renounce the bloody act of Parliament and exchange those American traitors, pirates, and felons for the prisoners of war I had captured and sent to France. The Count de Auvergne's sent a detailed account of my expedition to the Minister of Marine, who wrote to Dr. Franklin that His Majesty wanted me to come to Versailles. Quote, that the King wanted to employ me as commander of secret expeditions, and that to this end he would give me Il Edion 
and other frigates with troops in order to undertake landings, etc. As a result, Dr. Franklin wrote me informing me of the project and instructed me to keep it a secret between us, as the government had not seen fit to inform even the other American ministers in Paris of it. Monsieur de Sartine received me with much distinction and made me the most flattering promises. The Prince of Nassau was sent to Holland to make the necessary arrangements to equip and arm Elion. I hate French. But before anything relative to the project for which I had been called could be affected, war became began between France and England with the engagement of La Belle Poule. This embarrassed the Minister of Marine, and the difficulty was not lessened by the news which the Prince of Nassau reported upon his return from Holland that the Dutch were opposed to the outfitting of Il Indian. I ordered I offered to return to the Ranger, but in order to persuade me to stay M de Sartine had written an officious letter to the three American ministers and obtained their formal consent for me to remain in Europe and execute, execute any assignment I might receive. As the main fleet had been ordered at the moment to put to sea from Brest, and because no measures to employ me were forthcoming, I offered to embark with the Comte de Villers. The minister answered that the king appreciated this offer, but he would not consent because it was his intention to provide more useful employment for me during this interval. Thereupon, I was requested to send my ideas for employing a small light squadron destined for secret missions to the minister. I seized the opportunity and proposed several plans on that subject among others, to destroy the power of England in Africa, and in Hudson Bay to destroy the Newfoundland fisheries to intercept the English fleets from the East and West Indies, and what was then more important, to intercept the Baltic fleet, which was escorted by only one frigate. I had received personal information from England concerning this last project, and I offered to undertake it with only three frigates, and three cutters. The minister adopted this plan, and I came to Brest to take command of one of the frigates, which were then stationed in that port, and to take under my overall command two other frigates with the cutters that were at St. Malo. When I arrived at Brest, the Count de Villiers had given the command of the frigate in question to a French officer. Because there was not a moment to lose, the senior officer of the frigates stationed at St. Malo was dispatched against the Baltic fleet. But since he did not approach close enough to the English coast, he was unable to accomplish his mission and return to Brest. Okay, again, his good ideas, right? His good ideas <laughs> destroyed by somebody else. Destroyed by somebody else. This is the, the other comment that I wanted you to make. Well, first of all, we're doing this, ladies and gentlemen, because 
um, of uh, well, my reasoning is because of all of the naval ships that are out all over the world right now, and we need we needed to do that. Yeah, we have no commanders like this out there. No, we don't. And number two, because it was Armed Services Day, and we watched Pirates of the Caribbean last night. <laughs> Which Brian was impre- was not impressed with. And I play a pirate game. Right. The other thing I wanted to bring <laughs> up and get your uh, opinion on, all of these progs and idiot, idiot millennials and college students that are screaming, we're colonists, we have colonized the world. No, um, the American colonies... What did not do that? No, the American people over here did not do that. As you can see, Britain and France and Spain were doing that way before. We have never done it. We have never done it in our history. Done what? Colonize. Oh, no. They're, that's what they're screaming that we are. Yeah, no, they call us imperialists, not colonists. But look from uh, history. Some do. Some call us. We were, we were colonists. We don't colonize. Uh, we were colonists. Right. The world was colonized before we even were United States of America, ladies and gentlemen. Well, every, no, look. They don't know that. Everybody knows that we didn't colonize anything. Show us a colony. Show me a colony. What do we do? We blow everything up, then we fix it back up and leave. Stupid. Just blow everything up and leave. But we don't, we don't, we don't stay forever. We don't take them over. So it's stupid. Well, obviously not imperialist or colonists. Uh, quite the contrary. Right. However, this rules of engagement has to go away. There are no rules of engagement. Kill. Blow things up. Go. That's and, all you and say. And leave. And leave. And, when, and it, don't leave anything behind. It's, it's That's the military's job. Destroy things. Not, not win the hearts and minds and... And give out comic books and crayons to kids. And candy. And, and all this nonsense. It's just stupid. No. We don't build, we don't rebuild their infrastructure, which, by the way, they didn't have before we got there anyway. But that's our money. Where do they get the right to spend our money building infrastructure overseas? They don't. Uh, again, everything unconstitutional they do, everything they're supposed to do in the Constitution, they don't. But uh, the reason I brought it up is because what you're reading is he's showing how many different places in the world that Britain had. The sun never set on the British Empire. That was the that was the slogan of the British Empire. They were in China, India, Africa, everywhere. The Bahamas. Yes, I said everywhere. I don't feel like listing them all. I know, but also Spain was in the Bahamas. And what people don't understand, I keep saying it, and I guess I'll say it again. They still have colonies. They call it the United Kingdom Commonwealth. Look it up. The UK Commonwealth. Canada is part of the UK Commonwealth. Australia is part of the UK Commonwealth. All these old colonies, they're still part of... The British Empire. They don't even know it. I've talked to people from Canada. I'm like, what do you mean? You've never gotten rid of Britain. In fact, the Queen's on your money. Oh, we just do that for, you know, because, uh, you know, it's always been that way. So we just left, we just leave it that way. 
I'm like, yeah, then how come the Queen is the highest member of your government? What are you talking about? Look it up. When she comes and does visits to Canada, everyone's like, oh, look, she's visiting her former... Co no, she's not visiting her former anything. And while she's there, if she wants something done, it gets done because whatever she says goes. Parliament be damned. So, uh, again, secret British Empire that even the people that are serfs to don't know. I know. I got, I got people in Australia scratching their heads going, what are you talking about, man? Uh, well, let Look it up, man. Okay, back back to the uh, John Paul Jones memoirs. That's what I'm calling it. Because <laughs> it is, really. <clears throat> so, I remain at breast in the most disagreeable situation, not being at liberty to say on what grounds I had left the ranger. I was the object of much jealousy and false speculation among naval officers. From the beginning of my relationship with the Count d'Orvilliers, I was treated with special distinction and I received several important lessons on naval tactics and on the details of conducted fleets and their operations. After many plans had miscarried and much time had been lost, because of the indecision of the Minister of Marine, I decided. It's Marin. I decided. I invited me. Um, he invited me at the beginning of December 1778 to go from Brest to Lorient to examine some Compagnie de Indes vessels. <laughs> I hate French. Really, it's the name. I don't know how to speak French. I don't know how to do French names. I hate French. I could do any other name but French. I can't. I don't know how to pronounce their stupid names. So the I'm just going to call it the Campaign of Indies Vessels that were then for sale. I found that some of them could be converted to warships. Above all, Le Maréchal de Broglio a new ship capable of mounting 64 guns. The minister, however, did not take any decisive action, but allowed two more months to pass without deciding anything. This, this, is, how, this is how government works, right? Our government works like that now, too. Uh, but this is how the monarchies used to work. Everything was slow and slower and slower, which is why nothing ever got done in Europe. Because I had already lost nine months since agreeing to remain in Europe under the orders of the court, my lord, I, he's a patient man. I, I'd have been, in five days, I'd have been like, oh, give me the boat, let me do one of my plans, and I'm out of here. Or I'm just out of here. He's still there. since uh, agreeing to remain in Europe under the orders of the court. And as I did not see an end to my disagreeable situation, I went by stage to Versailles, determined to return to America if the minister did not immediately give me a command. 
When I left Lorient, I recalled the words of poor Richard. If you want your affairs to prosper, go yourself. If not, send someone. This led me to say to myself that if the minister gave me satisfaction, I would call the ship that I personally commanded the Bonhomme Richard. The word poor Richard was, uh, were writings, uh, were writings. And they later were put together in a book. Uh, I think, I do believe, if my memory serves me, that uh, Benjamin Franklin wrote them. But I could be wrong, but I don't think so. I think Poor Richard was penned by Benjamin Franklin. But anyway, that's what he's talking about, the writings of Poor Richard. (laughs) The minister of Marin received me very well and apologized to me for the past. He urged me to accept command of Le Marchal de Broglio, to which he proposed to add three or four frigates and two fire ships. And he promised to embark 500 men from the Regiment de Walsh Irlandais as landing troops. Fire ships. Now, if this is anything like I've learned from playing the game, these these ships are one way or a one way ticket. You you light them on fire and send them at whatever you want, and they you know pretty much, boof, set them on fire. They're loaded down with explosives and stuff, uh, and there's no crew. It's not a suicide mission. I mean, there are while they're sailing them, but once they send them towards the target, the crew leaves. Because the ship's on fire. But despairing of finding in Europe an efficient number of American sailors to man Le Marchal de Broglio, I was obliged to refuse the command of that beautiful vessel. And because the minister again promised me Il Dion, I temporarily accepted Le Doris, which I called the Bonhomme Richard. A small vessel that, having made four voyages to India, was very old and in bad condition. This guy can't catch a break. I really can't. And it's it's a shame how people went after him, the Continental Congress and other... Because he was so good at his job, they went after him. He wasn't even buried in America. He died in France, and he was buried in France. Thomas Jefferson, when he became president... Him and Patsy, he made Patsy go over to France, his daughter, and get uh, John Paul Jones's body and bury him in the Navy, um, bring him his body back here. Yeah, they wrote some pretty bad stuff about John Paul Jones. They did the same thing. They did the same damn thing with George Washington. They tried to bring him down, too. We did a whole story on that. Well, they that. couldn't bring John Paul Jones, but he wasn't here. I know. He was in France. Yeah, but they, they could say whatever they want about him over here. Yeah, they could and they did. And so he was considered a hero. Unfortunately. Uh, I remember him being called a pirate, a traitor, a French sympathizer, blah, 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 and on and on it goes. And meanwhile, he's trying to, he's trying to fight our battles over there for us. But we have to go to break. It's the Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. (laughs) 
Franklin, Gary Ames, and Washington. Lee and Rutledge, Hancock, Wilson, White. Sherman Adams, Hall, and Rodney Penn, and Dickinson. For the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence, and the 37 who signed the Constitution. And here's to you, Mr. Jefferson. We all miss you more than you will know. God bless you, please, Mr. Madison. Heaven help these fools that legislate. Rights away, our rights away. We'd like to know why you haven't read all the bills you filed. We'd like for you to read them for yourself. We all miss you more than you will know Whoa, whoa, whoa God bless you please, Mr. Madison Heaven help these fools that legislate Rights away, our rights away Hiding all your trillion dollars dead so we don't know FICA Trust Fund It's a little secret Just the congressmen will know Worst of all You pass this debt on To the kids They think we're fools Mr. Jefferson We all miss you more than you will know Whoa, whoa, whoa God bless you please Mr. Madison Heaven help these fools that legislate Rights away, our rights away Ripping up our constitution every afternoon Get themselves a raise with no debate Laughing our founding fathers when they've got to choose Everything they want us coming true Where have you gone, Ron Wilson, Reagan? Our nation turns its lonely eyes to you Woo-woo-woo What's that you say, Mr. Jefferson? The giver has left and gone away And we prayed Wish he stayed Operation Homefront operates programs with the goal of making a difference in military family quality of life. They serve younger families of deployed service members, typically in the ranks of E-1 through E-6 and all branches of the armed forces. Operation Homefront provides a wide range of programs and is dedicated to helping the families our troops leave behind. For more information, please visit their website at operationhomefront.net. 
King Samir Shabazz is the new Black Panther Party's Philadelphia leader. This new Panther version of Black Power does not include white participation. I hate white people. All of them. Every last iota of a cracker, I hate it. We didn't come out here to play today. There's too much serious business going on in the black community to be out here sliding through South Street with white, dirty, cracker whore on our arm, and we call ourselves black men with African garb on. What the hell is wrong with you, black man? You had a doom day with a white girl on your damn arm. You want freedom? You're going to have to kill some crackers. You're going to have to kill some of their babies. Cooperative Radio Show, hour two. <coughs> okay, excuse me, my nose is all stuffed up. It is. All right, where were we? John Paul Jones. Oh, you you heard you, you tell we have some paid commercials. That we play. We do not, however, get paid to air them. So if you're at all interested in the services, I told you on the computer. Okay. Services. <laughs> it's easier for me to give you a piece of paper. I have to go over it on the computer and fix it. It's not going to be right. Okay. I can tell already it's not right just by what you handed me. Anyway. If you at all interested in the products or services, we do vet them. They're they're on the up and up. Please write down the number in the advertisement. If you get to it any other way, we will not get paid. The ad agency will not get paid. And that's not good for the future of Internet Talk Radio. And it's certainly not good for the future of this show. Uh, it's a simple way to really easy way to help promote the show. Well, not promote it, but uh, support it. There's no obligation to buy. If you call the number, we get paid. That's why I say, if you're at all interested, give it a call. Give them a chance to sell you. That's the point That's the point of this. They want hot leads. They want people that are interested to call the number so they're not wasting their time cold calling people. So if you're at all interested in products or services, please call the number in the advertisement. Thank you. Want to hear us live? Mostly, unless something goes terribly wrong, Sunday through Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time at uncooperativeradio.com. You can also hear us on iHeartRadio. We're no longer on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, just put the show up there if you want it. Uh, just go to uncooperativeradio.com. The RSS feed's right there. I don't know why they keep dumping me off iTunes, but they do. Um, so, if you're an I, if you're Apple person, you're going to have to deal with that, because I'm certainly not anymore. And, you know, just do a search. You'll be surprised at all the places we are. You just, just do uncooperative radio, and we'll come right up. Especially if you don't use Google. Google is corrupt. Google is 
ideologically far left, and if you don't know that, smack yourself. Use DuckDuckGo, please. You'll, I know it's different. You'll get used to it. It's better anyway. They don't they don't try and hide things that they don't like from you. Um, you can also hear us at redstatetalkradio.com um, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern time. If we don't screw if we don't screw up and don't do a show for whatever reason. And they have two channels of 24-7 streaming conservative talk radio. I mean, pretty much don't have to leave the site. All right. Um, That's good for now. She's trying to write all this down. (laughs) I am. I'm just, I'm doing cliff notes, actually. That's what I'm doing, cliff notes. And and through Red State Talk Radio, by the way, if you don't, if you have the Roku, we're on that. Uh, Red State Talk Radio has apps, too. You know, get there, get the apps. Um, they haven't blocked it from, Google hasn't blocked it from the App Store well, yet. I was going to say the App Store, yeah, because of Google. So, uh, you could get it, you could feel free to get it there. I uh, don't know if, the, I'm pretty sure they have an Apple app, too. Because yeah, because the 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 owner is uh, well, he likes iPhones, so pretty sure they, I'm pretty sure there's an Apple app too. Uh, I myself don't like don't like Apple anymore. I like Microsoft, so I use Android, and and my operating system that I'm on right now is Linux. Did I mention Linux is free? Did I mention all the software I use? I get from software sources for free. I pay for nada. But you stick with you stick with Mac and Microsoft to keep paying, 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 paying. I don't even have a virus program on my computer for Linux. Never got one. Don't have any problems. Don't care. Just saying. <laughs> it's free. I will say this. If you do want to try Linux out, and build, you can have a dual... I have a dual boot system on this because uh, some things I, I have to do in Windows. So I have Windows and Linux on the same laptop. They work together just fine. I, have, I recommend Linux Mint. Pick whatever flavor you want over there. Um... They're they're excellent software. They've really, really, really done a good job. And it makes it pretty much, you don't really have to be any kind of computer guru to use Linux Mint. I mean, if, if, you, if you struggle using Windows, you're going to struggle using Linux Mint. But it'll be the same struggle. It's, you know, uh, and again, it's free. Did I mention it's free? And if you have an old computer with old Microsoft software that they don't support anymore, that's very much in danger of being infected with all kinds of crap. In fact, it probably already is, and you don't know it, and that's why your computer's so slow. Get rid of it. Get get a Linux. Get an older Linux. Uh, dis, they call them distros, distributions. Uh, they have all kinds. But the plain Debian one that is in Linux Mint, 
I'm, it, it works great on really old computers. I'm using, I have an older laptop, and I'm using the newest Linux Mint software. And it, it flies. So, again, it's more efficient. It's safer. It's free. The software you need to do whatever you want to do is free. I'm serious. And even the free software for doing uh, documents and spreadsheets and all of that, yeah, there's an open source software for that that's free, and it's completely compatible with Microsoft Office. So you you have no problems with if you're using Microsoft Office at work, you can take it home on your Linux machine and use it, and then you can take it from your Linux machine back to work again. It's not an issue. I know I'm giving them free advertisement, but I feel since I can't contribute anything else, least I could do is plug them because they really have made my life happy. Uh, okay, back again to John Paul Jones. Part three. Again, Susan says there's six parts. Monsieur Garnier. <laughs> Who had been... Oh, come on. I, I I can't stand Fred. Why this is killing me, Susan? <laughs> I know. Who had been charged day affairs in England? I'm not going to try anymore. I just not. A man of great insight and sound judgment helped me make all the arrangements with the minister concerning the small squadron I was destined to command. I had adopted in agreement with him several plans related to different important operations I wanted to undertake, having carte blanche. That means he could do whatever he wants if you don't know. It was the most irritating of misfortunes that I was deprived of the aid of a man of such ability almost immediately after that. Monsieur Garnier was destined to succeed Monsieur Gerard as King's Minister in America. A very different man was his successor. In my opinion, this commissioner was lacking in judgment uncertain and indiscreet. He was consistent only in the things that affected his interests, so that the minister made an error in judgment when he confided public affairs to such a man. I told you, guy can't catch a break. No, he can't. As the proper canning could not be found at Lorient to, to arm the Bonhomme Richard, I went to Bordeaux, and from there to... Angolome, I don't even know what that is, where I contracted for the cannon which were needed. On my return to Lorient, I enlisted 30 American sailors who had just arrived from England, where they had been exchanged. At Nantes, I found an express letter from the court. The Marquis de Lafayette had come from America to France and wanted to join me for an expedition and he had obtained from the king the command of troops for this purpose. As a result, I was ordered to return immediately to the court to make the necessary arrangements. The commissioner was ignorant of the terms that had been agreed to between Monsieur Garnier and myself, wherein, as I previously noted, I had carte blanche and was the sole commander. The affair then took on a new aspect. I was not reluctant to share my authority with the Marquis 
De Lafayette, I was certain that the two of us could act in concert and with mutual confidence, but I was very astonished to learn that the commissioner also knew the secret of a special and very difficult mission. Now, the Marquis de Lafayette was instrumental in the revolution. He was instrumental in the um, revolution. He was a brilliant man. And if you want to know more about American history, go to PatriotsPub.us, PatriotsPub.us, U.S. history, the Constitution, the Founding Fathers, just the facts, no politics, facts only, PatriotsPub.us, which is also at UncooperativeRadio.com, along with the women of the revolution. So you get three shows there. Uncooperativeradio.com, PatriotsPub.us, and the Women of the Revolution. And the reason that we're doing this kind of a history lesson for the next couple of days is because I refuse, as the producer of the Uncooperative Radio Show, to get into all the minutiae that is Mueller and all the crap that's going on. AOC... I can't. I, Pelosi. Ilma Omar. Yeah, I, I refuse. Tlaib, the three. They're being called the three, three stooges. stooges now. <laughs> oh, man. It's all stupid. It really is. During this interval, the armament was pursued without interruption. The commissioner purchased at Nantes a former merchantman called La Palace. Of thirty-two eight-pounders, that's a count. Uh, that's the the cannon fires eight-pound balls, cannonballs, cannonballs. Yeah, and a small brig called La Vengeance of twelve three-pounders. Neither of these two ships had been built for war. They proceeded to Lorient to join the Bonhomme Richard as did Le Kerf, a very handsome cutter from the Royal Navy of 189-bound cannons, and the Alliance, a completely new frigate belonging to the United States, mounting 36 guns. Because the cannon had not yet arrived from Angoulême, the Bonhomme Richard was armed with an old battery of 12-pounders, and as the aim of the project was the enemy's main ports, I mounted six old 18-pound cannon over the powder magazine so that the Bonhomme Richard was strictly speaking, which strictly speaking was a frigate of 34 guns, now carried 40. As it was impossible to procure a sufficient number of American sailors, it was decided to remedy the deficiency by enrolling sailors who are prisoners of war in France. The Marine. Oh my God! <laughs> Prisoners of War in France and Marine companies were hurriedly formed by drafting a certain number of peasants. So it's easy to understand that the Bonhomme Richard had one of the worst crews ever found on a vessel. Oh my God! <laughs> but the good thing about back then is. When you sail a vessel, it takes a long time, so they have a lot of time to learn. Nowadays, you you, you have no time. But you can teach people on the job, because it's going to take... 
weeks <laughs> get anywhere. So uh, well, and that's the whole thing with communication as well. When he was saying that the minister didn't know what the heck was going on, I mean, to get something across the pond was like three months for a letter, right? No, it, it didn't matter. He was no longer in that position. He was in a new position in America, and the new guy didn't care. <clears throat> Worst ever found. But I have been told that a body of elite troops under the Marquis de Lafayette, Marquis de Lafayette, would guarantee the good conduct of the crew. However, when the small squadron was ready for service and the troops were ready to embark, I received a letter from the Marquis de Lafayette in which he informed me that the purpose of the expedition having been divulged in Paris, the king had ordered that the troops not embark. The Marquis de Lafayette was ordered to join his regiment. Thus the project, which was no less than raiding Liverpool, the second largest city of England, failed because it had been indiscreetly communicated to... Susan? To whom? It's just a blank underline here. Because that's a spy. That's a spy. They couldn't put, they couldn't put his name. I looked it up. It's been indiscreetly communicated to that person who leaked it to that, England. That is exactly how it is in the copy. Okay. It's a spy. It, well, it so says somebody who says, I'm reading the same thing everybody else is. There's no way. If, if he really wrote that in his, in his uh, journal, I, I don't think so. I think he wrote down the name. It has been noted that the first plan to arm my little squadron called for two fire ships and 500 men from the Regiment de Walsh Irlandais as landing troops. But the minister did not keep his word. He neither procured the fire ships nor the 500 troops, so it was impossible for me to carry out the plan I had developed with Monsieur Garnier, which, in my opinion, was even more important than reading Liverpool. The commissioner was not only indiscreet, but at Lorient he assumed the role of minister and by interfering consistently in the discipline of the squadron, he led the captains and officers to turn to him on all occasions as a subject of France representing the king's person and to consider me with a suspicious eye as a foreigner. In my opinion, it was hardly possible for the commissioner to render a greater disservice to his country, because the king had generously resolved to sustain, at his expense and under the American flag, the squadron he had entrusted to me, and as I had given all the commissions to the American officers, it was important for the good of the service that they believed they were in the pay and service of Congress, and that the squadron belonged to the United States." If the officers had been of this belief, one could have expected very outstanding services, despite the disadvantages of poor crews, bad cannon, and vessels that were not designed for war. But because doubt and jealousy were cast in their minds, all subordination was destroyed. I've been there in military school. They did that to me. I receive orders to escort from Lorient a fleet of transports and merchantmen bound for different ports between that city and Bordeaux, and after that I was to take or to chase the English from the Bay of Biscay and then return to Lorient for further orders. 
While fulfilling this mission as the squadron and the convoy were laying to at night with topsails aback at the latitude of Rofort, the Bonhomme Richard and the Alliance ran afoul of each other and suffered minor damage. As this accident occurred through the negligence of the officers on watch, they were cashiered and discharged from service. I gave chase to several vessels, but I was unable to overtake them. One morning I saw three frigates, a light squadron from Roquefort, under the command of Chevalier de la Touche, which were to the windward. Since Le Curf had given chase to a ship the preceding day until it was lost from view, I had only the Bonhomme Richard, the Alliance, and La Palace with La Vengeance, a small corvette of so little consequence she was hardly worth counting. I believed that the squadron I had in view was English, and I made every effort to reach it, but without success. A few days later, finding myself in the view of Isle de Groy, I permitted the vessels that were under my orders to go to Lorient as quickly as possible. The weather was foggy, and in the afternoon I found myself alone on the Bonhomme Richard, and very near two frigates which began pursuing me. As soon as I was ready to do battle, and seeing that they were faster than Bonhomme Richard, I put about to go into combat. But when they saw this, they also put about. I crowded sail on and followed them until after midnight. They were then beyond Belle Island, Belle Isle, and because of their superior speed, they were nearly out of sight. The Chevalier de la Touche, who commanded them from the frigate El Hernion, dropped anchor three or four days later at Isle de Groy and sent his boat to Lorient to pay his compliments. He had taken me for English both times he had encountered me. While the Bonhomme Richard and the Alliance were being repaired at Lorient, I sent La Plaze, Le Curf, and La Vengeance to patrol the Bay of Biscay to protect the coast and to take or chase enemy ships that were cruising there. The commissioner had again come to Lorient from the court under the pretext of better equipping the Bonhomme Richard, but his real aim was to form a new conspiracy that would force me to sign an agreement with the captains to send all of the squadron's prizes into port under his consignment. This grasping man had the skill to persuade the captains that if they did this, they would restrain me and that their interests would be more secure in his hands. The commissioner persuaded Mr. Franklin the king's intention was that the prizes be sent into port to be at his, the commissioner's, disposition, and the American minister gave me orders to that effect. I'm surprised Benjamin Franklin went along with this. I'm surprised he went along with this. I'd tell him all to pound sand and go home. <laughs> Yeah, but we needed France as allies, Brian. They would be this is not this is not being our ally. This has nothing to do with them being our ally, and this is after we needed them to be our ally and go pound sand. <laughs> By this order, contrary to the laws governing the use of American flag, Mr. Franklin exceeded the limits of authority that Congress had confided in him. When the squadron was ready to put to sea 
and the captains had signed the Concordat. Really? Concordat? The commissioner pretended to have received extraordinary authority from the minister of Marin, whereby he could, if he determined that it was appropriate, remove the commander of the squadron. As a result, I felt it was prudent to sign the Concordat, and I signed it on the eve of my departure. At any other time and in any other circumstances, I would have rejected this condition with disdain. I saw the danger I ran, but having announced in America that I was remaining in Europe because the French court had requested this to command some secret expedition, I resolved to expose myself to all dangers. Although other American prisoners had arrived at Nantes after having been exchanged in England, I could only make a very small change in the crew of Bonhomme Richard. They were generally so mean that the only expedient I could find that allowed me to command was to divide them into two parties and let one group of rogues guard the other. Gosh. I received orders to sail west of Ireland and north of Scotland to intercept the enemy's shipping around the or- Orcades, the Cape of Dernouz, and the Dodger Bank, and to return to the Texel by October 1st to receive further orders. But as I had informed Dr. Franklin, through whom I had always received the orders of the court, this so limited my operations that I would not be able to take advantage of circumstances which might permit me to render more important services, such as intercepting commerce of much greater importance, making a landing and alarming the enemy in the north, and making a considerable diversion on behalf of the Count de Ovilliers, who was in the channel with 66 ships of the line, with which he was expected to destroy Plymouth or Portsmouth, and perhaps both of them. Mr. Franklin, as a result, gave me carte blanche for six weeks for these operations, and the only restriction he maintained was that I was to enter the Texel by the 1st of October. In addition to various ideas I had, I was informed from England that eight vessels were expected from India and that they should first appear off the west coast of Ireland near Limerick. This merited attention, as there were two privateers at Lorient ready for sea, Le Monsieur of 40 guns and Le Granville of 14, whose officers had already offered to place themselves under my command. I agreed to their proposition, but the commissioner would not hear of accepting any engagement from them regarding their conduct. This arrogant action caused the spread of the belief among the Americans and particularly on board the Alliance, that the squadron belonged neither to the King of France nor the Congress, but to the owners of privateers with whom the Commissioner and Dr. Franklin were associated. What a crock of crap. Wow, huh? Crock of crap. But you know what? This just goes to show what's going on right now between, like, the court is, the court and Dr. Franklin were ordering uh, soldiers to do things. That's why I never understood why the Pentagon are civilians. Franklin was just too far in love with France. That was his problem. 
Well, and I never understood why the Pentagon is civilian. It isn't. Okay, well, the Department of Defense, isn't that, aren't they civilian leaders? The head of the Department of Defense is cabinet member, yes. Pentagon is military. Okay, because the people, this is the big the problem, boots on the ground. They know better than what these other idiots are doing up there. He's not boots on the ground, he's an officer. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. Uh, it, it, no, this is just stupidity. This is corruption. This is cronyism, corruption. That's what this is. We're dealing, we deal with this a hundred times over right now in this country. That's why we're doing this story. And with that... Before you go on. She wants to go to a break. It's Young Quap Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it, move it. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 855-219-7934. 855-219-7934. That's 855-219-7934. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-378-3715. 800-378-3715. That's 800-378-3715. Attention business owners, we know that owning a business means getting things done right now. So if your right now list includes a new building, call the Right Now Company. 
General Steel. We can design a building for your business quickly and save you thousands of dollars. That's right, thousands. You may think General Steel only builds large projects or that you can't afford General Steel quality. Well, check these prices. How about a 40 by 60 foot building for under $22,000 or even a 50 by 100 for under $35,000? That's right, a 5,000 square foot building for under $35,000. And these buildings all have General Steel quality. Best of all, you can still order a building and have it delivered in time to build this year. How's that for right now? So if your right now list includes a new building, call the right now company. General Steel. 800-917-8251. 800-917-8251. That's 800-917-8251. Hey, Bugsy, you hear the news about Vinny? Yeah, it's a real shame he owed money to the IRS and they finally cut up with him. Just like Al Capone. If the IRS can get the Capone, imagine what they can do to little old Vinny, huh? Poor cat, he was on top of the world, then bada-boom, bada-bing. What Vinny needs now is an offer he can't refuse. Hey, you got a tax problem? Does the IRS claim you owe them a bunch of dough? They can get you too. So call the tax relief line now and learn if you qualify to negotiate your $10,000 plus IRS tax debt for up to a 75% savings. Don't be like Al or Vinny and get busted. Make this free call now. Learn how you may be able to pay the IRS less. Call now. 800 910 Are you an active stock market investor? Well, then you know these three key words, buy, sell, hold. Those three magic words can make or lose you money in the stock market. What if we can show you a time-tested tool that's been helping stock market investors succeed for over 30 years? It's called VectorVest, an amazing system designed to make smart investing easy. The VectorVest system analyzes, sorts, and ranks over 19,000 stocks every day and tells you when to buy, what to buy, and when to sell any stock to maximize your profits in less than 10 minutes a day. And if you call right now, you can test drive our amazing VectorVest system risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Cooperative radio show, our half of two. And finally, it's time for the ups and downs for the week. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sick of hearing everybody talking about elections and the stupid Mueller, and ugh, it's about time that we learn about our own history. That's what the Patriots pub is for. All right, from an up-down from Indy 100. It might not be the birthday of a royal baby, but Kim Kardashian and Gain West's fourth child's name... Kane West. I said Gain. 
But it's his fourth child name. It's fourth child's name. Reveal... <laughs> that isn't it either. Reveal was just as highly anticipated. And now it's here and it's pretty biblical. Psalm West. The couple who began using a surrogate after Kim had health issues during her first two pregnancies have been married since 2014 and have three other children. Oh, my God. I, that's why I did this. North. Yes. Five. And that's a girl. Saint three. And that's a boy. And Chicago one. And now Psalm. Well, first of all, uh, pretty. that's pretty... Uh, Full of yourself to name your kids Thank Saint you. and Psalm. Thank you. Especially when you're such a disgusting pig. Kim Kardashian is gross. I'm sorry. She could take that bulbous backside and stick it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> but we actually have a commercial, right? You might be a liberal if you name your yeah. <laughs> Apple yeah. or Seven. Yeah, this is even worse. Apple Moon Unit or seven. What are they? This is the down. What? What in the, all that is holy? Do you think you're doing to these children mentally? I, My I, name is North. I, I might Groot. They should have named me Groot. I got to know that. I'm going to tell you, they're rich, or these kids would be beat up in school. I'm not kidding you. Name them Groot. Or do they beat up kids in school anymore? They should, because you learn a lesson that way. This crap they do now, they they turn things out that are really screwed up in the head. I am Groot. While each name has its own personal meaning to the famous family. Really? How many Psalms have you read? Can you quote one for me? Give me Psalm 98. A close source told People Magazine that the name is a good reflection on where Cain and Kim are spiritually. You're on drugs, right? I see the clothes she wears. No. Sorry. The only thing she's famous for is a gigantic backside. This could very well be the case, considering Kane has a big interest in religion recently. Oh, it's his, you mean it's just one of those things. It's his new, it's his new thing, you know. It's his new passing fad. He's taken an interest in religion recently, hosting weekly Sunday services at his home. I, I shudder to think what that's like. Since the beginning of the year, and even performing one during Coachella. What is Coachella? That is not Christian. There's nothing Coachella in Christianity. What crap is he hosting? Again, no Christian would name their child Saint or Psalm. It's too obnoxious to... For lack of a better word. I don't see any up in this up-down. Sorry, changing it to a down. There's nothing good about people's interest in these people. What do you think of that? Stop reading about famous people. Who gives a rat's behind about them? Let them live their lives however the hell they want. And just... Pay attention to the movies or, or the TV shows they're on. And stop digging into their damn personal life, please. They're screwed. Most of them are so screwed up. It's, it's because of just the way the whole industry is. Most of them are so screwed up. You don't want even, you wouldn't even want to know them. 
All right, down from Fox News. Dozens of graduates and faculty at Taylor University in Indiana walked out on Saturday's ceremony just before Vice President Mike Pence took the stage to deliver a commencement address. You see, that's you could tell that school, like all these schools, have problems. Uh, if I was in charge of the school, there's no way anybody would be walking out of that. You aren't walking out on anything. You're going to sit there and be quiet. And that's that. I don't care if you if you like who's talking or not. It doesn't matter. You're going to sit there and suck it up. You think when they have all these speeches when I was in school, I wanted to be there? It was boring. It wasn't as interesting as having Mike Pence show up with some idiot teacher or principal or dean and talking about crap I didn't want to hear about. And I had to sit there and suck it up. Dozens of graduates. That means 12. <laughs> I, know. I love it. <laughs> the protest came after students. That's not much of a protest. Came after students and faculty and faculty. See, there's yep. the problem. Yep. There's your problem. At the Christian. And here's two things that should never go together. Liberal arts school. No wonder they walked out. They're idiots. They're liberal arts students. You, you, the word's right there. It doesn't mean liberty. It means progressivism. Progressive art school. Just replace the word progressivism. Progressivism art school. Of about 2,500 debated whether the presence of the state's ex-governor would be appropriate. You mean... A devout Christian would be appropriate? Uh, are you for LGBTQ rights? Because if you are, you're not a Christian. Sorry. I know. There's this whole push in Christianity. That's not real Christianity. Sorry. You are following social justice warriors dressed in robes. You are being led astray by fake prophets. The man holds a Bible study every week in the White House. I just, I just fake, I just had to say fake meme to someone today. Because they literally put up a thing of Donald Trump where it said in his book that Christians are, Christians are easy prey for business uh, by atheists like him. Donald Trump is not an atheist. Far from it. You might notice he says God a lot more than any other president ever did. Might notice, nah, you don't know anything. But uh, he he has reverends come and lay hands on him and pray for him in the White House. Sound like an atheist to you? Again, don't believe everything you read. Uh, fake meme. And memes are just made up artwork with crap messages put in it. Just because someone does it doesn't mean it's true. Here's an idea. Go read the book. If someone's claiming it's in the book and you're going to pass it around, you better read the book, right? Maybe it is in there. I haven't read the book. But all I know is 
He's not an atheist. What do you, there you go. All right. Uh, the Indianapolis Star reported uh, his inv invitation to the university had elicited mixed reaction from students, faculty, and alumni, all of which are supposed to be Christian, all of which have no zero problems with because they're not Christian. They're social justice warriors. You can't mix the two. Oh, Jesus was just about love. Really? Did he show love to the tax collectors in the temple? Was that love? I don't think so. Hey, they, they, he was so violent, they all ran away. You know, the other uh, example is people don't realize when they were stoning Mary Magdalene, he got pissed off at them. No, he didn't. At the stoners. Nope. He said, let he without sin cast the first stone. And he quietly sat there with a stick and drew in the sand. <laughs> what he was drawing in the sand is not stated, but is obvious. Well, the sins of all the people with the stones in their hands. Okay, but that's kind of ominous. But he didn't get angry at all. That was a bad example. The tax collectors, he got violent. He, he trashed the place. Trashed it. And he also told his followers, if you have a cloak and you don't have a sword, go sell your cloak and buy a sword. Doesn't sound like a peacenik to me. All this, Jesus was just about love. As long as you just treat everything with love, that's, that's, that's all that matters. N no. No. If you treat evil with love... Then you're sinning terribly. Love the sinner, hate the sin. It's an old saying. Better remember it, because this notion that no matter what you do, if you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. You can murder someone. doesn't matter. You're going to heaven. I don't know what kind of stupid God you worship, but my God's not that dumb. You don't get to do stuff. You don't get to do whatever you want. Get a free pass. What kind of moronic statement is that? Does that sound like the God of Abraham and Isaac to you? I suggest you read your Bible better. I suggest you read the Old Testament. Some of you people don't have an Old Testament in your Bible. You just have the New Testament. That's all that matters. No, Jesus was a Jew. Jesus also said, "I have not come to change, but to add to." And again, he was a Jew. As a matter of fact, he was a Jewish rabbi. Most people don't know that. But it's true. One of the youngest rabbis. Uh, what is it? Most of the school's 494 graduates remain in their seats for his speech. Graduate Laura Rathburn said she was disappointed the school had involved Pence in Saturday's ceremony. She told the paper she planned to walk out in protest and decorated her cap in rainbow colors with a message, ally visible for those who can't, who can't be. Ally. What? <laughs> it's turning his head like he's a... Like Supposed he's a to be an ally. <laughs> Is this such thing as ally visible? 
I thought it was really an appropriate decision. I think his presence makes it difficult for everyone to tell her to feel welcomed, she told the paper before the... That's the problem with this new Christianity. It's so welcoming. So welcoming. You don't welcome evil into your house. God said so. Don't do that. LGBTQ people are evil. I'm sorry. Did they repent? Are they going forth and sinning no more? Which means no more homosexuality. Can't, that's a sin. And the other way to be forgiven is if you repent of that sin and go forth and sin no more. She brought up the story of Mary, Mary Magdalene. Well, some say it was Mary Magdalene. Uh, of, of the the woman that was going to be stoned. He said, you are forgiven Go forth and sin no more. You are not forgiven if you go forth and sin again and again and again. You're not sorry. You're not repentant. You do not intend to stop this sinful behavior. Therefore, you cannot be forgiven. This is this is basic Christianity 101, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what crap your preacher's teaching you. But this preacher ain't buying it. I, blah, 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 blah. Okay, Other graduates done. of faculty and school social work department <laughs> wear stickers that read, We are Taylor too, in protest of Pence's presence. I don't even know who Taylor is. I guess this is a LGBTQ person. He he He's somehow dissed? I don't know. Uh, the social work... Why is there a social work department in a college? Colleges need social workers? My Lord, you kids are fragile. Man, I knew it was going to be rough because he's such a large political figure and his administration made some very unpopular and sometimes, like, harmful decisions for people. I really, I haven't, I I don't feel that way at all. Not one decision I found harmful. None. The only time I found it harmful is when he tries to love and then he gets his heart in a way that's harmful it gets in the way of his head it's no good you don't you don't think with your heart you think with your head you feel with your heart you don't make policy out of feelings uh so graduate jennifer nelson told the star we have students from all over the world and like even students who have been impacted by some of his administration not just the presidency, but by Pence when he was governor here. In what way? Pence has come under has come under for comments. Again, how do these people make money? Pence has come under fire, moron, for comments and policies. Read your freaking writing. You don't put anything out that you don't triple read. Hint, hint. I do triple read my articles. I hope not, because you keep messing me up. No, no, discri- no, no. I don't triple read their stuff. I triple uh, read my stuff. I'm talking about your stuff. Uh, for comments and policies that critics say discriminate against the LGBTQ community. There's not, I don't care about the LGBT community. It's not supposed to be a community. It's a sickness. And the administration has made one of its signature issues a tougher stance on immigration. On illegal aliens, you betcha. That's against the law, fool. I'll 
you can't be tough on crime. What are you, nuts? Yes, I, I withdraw the question. Particularly across the southern border with Mexico, several change.org petitions gathered thousands of signatures asking the university to disinvite Pence. Other petitions supported the school's decision. Oh boy, you got a petition started. Good for you. For me personally, I think we should identify as Christians first before we have political ties, graduate Katie Tupper said. That might not be an issue for everyone, but I think that we struggle a lot at Taylor in trying not to raise our political views. The purpose of this is recognize that we're all a part of Taylor. Taylor University. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Some critics told the paper they weren't opposed to Penn speaking at the school under different circumstances. In 2017, dozens of students walked out before Penn spoke at a University of Notre Dame graduation ceremony. He mostly recently warned graduating seniors at Liberty University of Virginia to be prepared for persecution from what he described as the secular left. He described? You are the secular left, you morons. And you call yourself a Christian? You're not. You know, you make up your own version of Christianity. You're not Christian. You either follow Jesus' teaching or you don't. Again, you have to know the Old Testament and the New Testament. I have not come to change but to add to. Since you only know the New Testament, you must know that. Because that's what's in there. Whole generation of freaking morons. Useful idiots. Two generations, maybe three. Every generation from this back will be idiots. Useful idiots. They're only going to get worse, not better. Get your kids out of the stinking indoctrination centers before you completely destroy our country. This is supposed to be it up. For Fox News, one Korean War veteran was recently surprised with a celebration in honor of his military service at the Florida Publix. A surprise that he described as one of the best days of his life. On May 17th, the Publix in the city of Plantation went all out for a patriotic bash in honor of front service clerk George Davis, reps for the company told Fox News. On Friday morning, Davis's family, fellow staffers and friends gathered to surprise the octogenarian with a proper salute in honor of Armed Forces Day, which falls this year on May 18. You know... What do you what do you call someone who's ninety something? My uncle has raised me. He's ninety something. I he's know. a veteran. I was, ta- I was talking to somebody he's about 92. this. He's ninety two. He's he's a veteran too. I know of the Navy. Davis fought in the Korean War from nineteen fifty 1950 to nineteen fifty three. WPLG reports. For the last twelve years, the eighty seven year old has worked at the supermarket where he is affectionately known as Mister George. Is this an up? Yeah. Recently, Davis took on honor flight to Washington, D.C. with several of his Army buddies who served in World War II, Vietnam, and Korea Wars to tour all three war memorials, an adventure he described as one cherished close to his heart. With that, we have to go. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. Say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.